0: You're listening to The Regular Podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on on East Coast FM.
1: Now then, Pete Weatherburn, our vet, is here from Brave Vet, also TV3 at the local papers and his website, PeteTheVet.com. Thanks for coming in, Pete. Good morning. Thank you. How are things in in the new sparkly clinic?
0: They're great. We're, we're um, just putting up the signage. Uh, that's the latest project. It takes a long time to go from start to finish. Big if
1: sign. The dogs can't read sign. Don't pee here. They can't... can't no, there's, picture,
0: know. No, there's pictures as well as words, so oh, the dogs will so dog, be able to recognise oh, right, them. Alright,
1: very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's, uh, have, have to come down and pay it a visit so mm, you'd be very welcome we'll have an
0: official opening at some stage and I'll let you know oh once t- all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. We'll have our official opening.
1: All right. Okay, well, it's Pete Weatherburn here. You're, you're obviously familiar with him. Um a, a question to start us off, anyway. Uh, to Pete the Vet, I take the valerian. I've never heard that, but that's the way it's spelled. Is that what it is? Valerian? It's, a her- it's a herb. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, to aid sleep. And my cat goes nuts uh, to smell it to the point of drooling and trying to rub herself against the bottle. I assume to cover herself in the scent she then gets into her bed and sleeps. Is valerian similar to catnip and is the smelling of this doing her any harm? Well, I'm not sure about
0: similarities to catnip. It certainly sounds like um, that particular product is having a very similar effect on the cat as catnip. Mm -hmm. Catnip is a strange thing in the sense that the scent drives some cats wild. And that's exactly what they do. They salivate, they, they... press the head against it and they roll around. It obviously does some, it it, um, obviously um, presses some internal buttons that that really the cat enjoys. Um, I I think I'd be very wary about any herbal products in cats because there have been some instances of cats being poisoned in particular by those kind of potpourri, you know, the combinations of different herbal smells and and so on. Um, Cats have been known to chew those and actually get really quite ill after doing that. So I think you have to be cautious about... Deliberately exposing a cat to, to um, any sort of um, compound. They have metabolisms that work in different ways to us, and so you should really only use products that are designed for cats and licensed for cats so that you know that they're safe. Um, at the same time, what that lady's doing, it sounds like it's not causing any particular adverse effect. So It's not, it's
1: not uh, her drinking it, it's just smelling it. Yeah, and, and just, she's just, it's just having an effect on the behaviour of the
0: cat. Yes, I mean, it, it sounds to me like that's quite a reasonable thing, but I wouldn't be encouraged... Encouraging other people to do it, just in case there are individual idiosyncrasies, and um, cats can have very sensitive, sensitive smell, and they, you know, they can be upset by, 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 for example, um, lilies can cause some cats to develop a really nasty cough, and if they even touch lily pollen on their paws and lick it off, they can get, um, kidney failure. So, you just have to be very cautious with cats uh, and exposing them to anything that's a bit out of the ordinary. So, definitively, what would you say to this Colour. Definitively, if you want to, to, to get something that's really safe to keep your cat, cat um, calm, I would get either catnip or I would buy fell pheromones, which are... Um, they're... they're, they're um, Vapours that are produced artificially
1: that we know are really safe for cats and that we know make cats feel chilled and relaxed. Right. And they're but really it, helpful. Especially but I get the impression now from this tech that it's, it's the person themselves who are taking yeah. uh, this particular item uh, in order to aid with their sleep. Yeah. And it's the effect on the cat. So I,
0: I, I wouldn't worry unduly, but I'd be cautious about recommending it to other people, put it that way.
1: Okay, Is that fair enough? All right. Hey, listen, I saw a story during the week about cloning. (laughs) Ah, come on, Pete. This is getting bizarre. It is. You you have a lovely dog or whatever and you say, oh, it's getting a bit old now. And so what we're going to do is we're going to actually take a few cells and grow a new dog exactly the same. And of our beautiful pouch and uh, uh, pooch and just, um, you know, we've replaced it by cloning. It just seems a bit outrageous, a bit Frankenstein now. It, 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 the, the astonishing thing is that it's commercially available
0: now. This isn't just science fiction. It isn't just dreaming. It's actually possible. Um, they've just launched it in the UK. The service is based as a South Korean company and um, it's, it's very expensive. It's about 70,000 euro to get a new dog. But it can be done, and to launch a service, to get lots of publicity, I suppose, they're offering a free cloned dog to one lucky owner, if you go to their Facebook page and, and enter their competition. Now, what do you
1: know about cloning it?
0: I've learnt a lot just in the last few days, actually, by reading up on it, because, I mean, I think everybody knew about Daisy the sheep when she was cloned, uh, I suppose. That was Dolly, Dolly the sorry, sheep. Sorry, Dolly the Sheep, right? yeah. She had all sorts of problems afterwards. Um well, it was debatable how how much those problems were related to her being cloned and how much they were just general um normal sheep problems, if you know what I mean. But anyway, Dolly was cloned back in nineteen ninety six, so that's sixteen years ago. The first dog was cloned around about nineteen ninety Sorry, about 2004, okay? So that's about nine years ago. And since then, they've refined the techniques. And basically, what they do is they they take a biopsy from your your dog. So it would be like taking a skin biopsy like the vet might do and making a diagnosis of skin disease. Then they send the little biopsy off to to the company under refrigeration. And then they take a cell from the biopsy and they grow it in a kind of cell culture and then what they do is they get an egg from a donor dog, they take the dog from a this is a bitch that's in season, they take harvest some they remove the, the nucleus from the egg and they inject your dog's cell into that egg and as that egg multiplies it becomes an identical genetic copy of your dog. It's just like an identical twin only it's a newborn version of an identical twin. Now, that's the science, and it's, you know, fine, it, it can be done. But I think that the big issue here is that while it will be a genetic copy of your dog, it's not going to be your dog. It's not the same dog. Because the way your dog is depends on a whole bunch of other things other than its genes. Nurture. N- exactly. It's it's nature versus nurture. And your dog is the way it is because of the way you've nurtured it.
1: The physical environment, the... Um, Interaction. So, so, what you saying? The clone won't remember. Um, the cloned dog won't remember the rooms not to go into or the things oh, not to do. Of course So you got to teach the whole thing again. It's not it? reincarnation. It's <laughs> it's reproduction.
0: So it's 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 in the same way as two identical twins aren't identical people. You know, they've got their own personalities. They've had their own experiences. And so this new dog will be. So if you want to spend an awful lot of money on having a dog that's very similar to your current dog, well, then it's something that you consider. Um, but. But my, I think my real concern here is that this may prey on people's grief, because never mind the living dog, you can actually collect a sample from a recently deceased dog and send that off as well. Up to five days after the dog has died, you can collect a piece of tissue and send it to the company and they will use it to recreate a clone from the the dead dog. And I think that there'd be a number of people out there who would feel so grief-struck after losing a pet that they may be tempted to to somehow scrape together the money to get um, a new version. And I I think that there's the danger of people being um, taken advantage of in that situation.
1: 70 grand. 70 grand. It's a lot of money. Right. And of course, there was, you know, maybe some problems that'll go with it. So you could say a lot of money. Yeah. If somebody, so some people on, on this planet seem to have so
0: much money that it doesn't matter anymore. They're, you know, they're exceptionally wealthy in our society. And I can see how somebody like that might be tempted to do it. But even then, I'd be saying, well, you know, well, just be cautious. Just make sure that your expectations are, are 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 proper and you're not hoping for something that's just not okay. going to happen. Well, back to the reality
1: of County Wicklow, <laughs> and not wherever <laughs> planet you were just visiting there for the short time. Mm-hmm. Hi, Pete the Vet. My cocker spaniel, 11 years old, has a growth between her toes on back left leg only. Seems to bother now and again, should I be worried? Uh,
0: it's, it's one of those things It's hard to know. I mean, the, the, the only way you can really judge that is by having a vet examine it and, and discussing with you, you know, when it first appeared and how fast it's, it's been growing. Um... There are some small growths in dogs which are utterly benign and which can sit there at the same size for many years without causing an issue. There are other growths that will appear and will start to get bigger and bigger and bigger and will start to bother the dog. And if a growth is heading that way, then generally it's better to be removed sooner rather than later. Obviously, if a, if a growth is removed when it's the size of a frozen pea, it's much easier than waiting till it's the size of a grape. Um, so, um But there are lots of variables there. The safest option is to get a vet to have a look and sometimes take a simple biopsy. Um, Just by sticking a needle into a growth, you can get a lot of information about whether it's likely to be something sinister or not. That's a simple Mm. procedure. Now, it
1: seems to only bother the dog now and again. It's not so much the
0: bothering dog that I'd be looking at. It's the behavior of 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 the growth. Is it static or is it growing bigger or or what? Because if it's growing bigger, it's likely to carry on growing bigger. And then even if it's not bothering the dog today, it will start to bother the dog in the next number of months or years. And if that's the case, then generally it's better to get taken off sooner rather than later. And what they could cleverly do is use the little sample of growth that they've taken from the dog to create a clone of their dog, and then they can... <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Isn't the world a mad place, Declan?
1: But anyway, in uh, about the Cocker's Spaniel anyway, yes. get it looked at. Get it looked at by and, the point. And try and supply a history of it, of when you first noticed yes. it, and uh, how long it's been there, and how it's been progressing, getting bigger, or whatever, yes. or I not... I, I,
0: And if they feel it's so small they don't want to do that, what they could even do is take a photograph of it now and then in three months' time take another photograph and then, you know, if they think it's got bigger, then go to the vet and show them the pictures. And that's the kind of thing that you can do to to, to really get an objective assessment of, of what's happening with the growth.
1: Okay. um, Just one just in here. Now, I haven't pre-read this, so hopefully he's not giving out about me or you or something like that. (laughs) Let's see. Uh, Hi. Our cat, who was feral, is now a house cat. Uh, He may be outside for hours, then comes in to use litter tray and then goes back out again. Is this normal? Sure, yeah. That's
0: great. I mean... um Feral cats are often, um, they're, just, they're just domestic cats gone wild, and so you, you often can tame them, um, but they will do what they want to do, and um, it's kind of weird that they come in to use the litter tray and go out again, because normally it's the other way around, obviously they go out to go to the toilet and come in again, but um, cats feel very vulnerable when they're using the litter tray. And so it's quite common for cats, if, there, if there's other cats outside that they're frightened of, they often will come in to go to the toilet instead, because they know that when they're indoors, there's no other nasty cats around and they can go to the
1: loo in comfort and safety. So that's probably what's happening there. Um, right, so the cat is on its guard, basically, and hmm. doesn't want to be vulnerable, and knows a safe place to go Exactly. Clean.
0: So yeah. you could try to create a safe place elsewhere, let's say in a garden shed or something, with a cat flap. You could try that kind of thing if it's bothering you. Otherwise, I don't think it's... it's normal. It's, yes, it's a normal thing.
1: Okay. That's Pete Weatherburn, our vet. Uh, com is the website. You can hear this broadcast again eventually on that site, and uh, that could be even by be by this afternoon. Or it'll be on Sunday, actually. I've started so, doing them regularly. This, this, today's
0: broadcast is put up on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. That's the regular routine now.
1: Before, before that, your, you know. your, uh, your 10-mile walk or whatever you do <laughs> at that time. Uh, you can find Pete at Bray Vet on Olkana in Bray and read him in uh, not only the Daily Telegraph but uh, the Wicklow people and Bray people as well. See him on TV3. It's loads of places to enjoy. Pete Weatherburn. <laughs> All right, thanks very much indeed, Pete.